Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Heart of Markness podcast. This week we're going to do Page Plant, which I reckon you knew because you saw the track title. We're going to do Page Plant like I threatened last week because we did a whole slew of Zeppelin. And um, hey, apologies for doing the Sydney show last week. Not for doing the show because it was a great show. But um, for saying that I hadn't handled the Australasian tour before, because I realized that episode 50 was of Adelaide, and I completely forgot I had done that one. And I just I just noticed it because I'm uploading my um, my podcasts, my episodes to YouTube, kind of doing it once a day kind of thing, uh, going backwards in time. And I got to episode 50 and I saw it was Adelaide. I'm like, no fucking way. So then I listened to it, and none of it, not a note, rang a bell. It's funny. Now, granted, it was almost six months ago, but, man, I guess I've gotten to a point where I have to make sure I haven't done shows before. That's, um, that's funny. Alrighty. Well, tonight, 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 whoa, we're gonna do Page and Plant 1998 walking into Clarksdale tour or walking into everywhere is what they called it. And this tour was fantastic. And Jimmy was great and on fire. And as the tour progressed, he became even greater and more on fire until we got good old Jimmy page back 100% and kicking ass and taking names. Now they played into December of 98 but the show I'm going to do tonight is from October of 98. In fact, October 1st, Norlands, Louisiana, and um, it's an FM broadcast. So it sounds wonderful, professional broadcast, sounds great. There's a lot of Zeppelin songs, and this tour started out with lots and lots of songs from Walking into Clarksdale. And as the tour progressed, there were more and more Zeppelin tunes and fewer and fewer Clarksdale tunes. And I mean, if we're going to be honest, and we should be honest, well, if we're going to be honest, we should notice my recording level is super low. Hang on. There we go. That's a little better. Sorry, folks. For a minute, I thought that I was speaking into my microphone, but I had selected my laptop mic way over there, which has happened before, which is where you get the sound like, and I don't notice it till the podcast is over, and then I become furious. Well, uh, my state is less on fire now, but the air is still awful. You can still stare directly at the sun because it's as bright as the moon at best, and um, the air oscillates, trending downward slowly from unhealthy to merely hazardous um it's weird last night i had a dream where i was choking on a piece of gum that i was chewing like you inhaled it and it went right down your windpipe and in my dream i'm trying to cough and i get that one little (coughs) and that's all i have in my lungs i'm like oh shit i have to inhale but I can't inhale because I'll suck this gum deeper and die. And uh, I woke up coughing and realizing I was just coughing my lungs up because the air is fucking poison. Um, but, I mean, 
count my blessings I'm being a pussy because I know people who have lost everything and I mean I know several people who have lost everything and it's just terrible and man it's just one thing after another what the fuck 2020 so I'm going to try and mitigate minimize my bitching although I will still bitch a little I can breathe better now I can have the windows open, even though I'm probably not supposed to. But Jesus Christ, I got tired of sitting in this stuffy upstairs room, not being able to use my air conditioner, because it's the kind that, you know, it's the portable one that you stick the, the hose out the window, and apparently that's the worst kind on Earth, and it'll kill you dead. So I'm sitting in my air-locked, stuffy-ass room, just, you know... <laughs> hitting my asthma inhaler and going, oh my god, this is fucking terrible. Looking at the the weird Mars Blade Runner sky. But it's finally, uh, I, 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 think, I think we'll see blue skies again over the weekend. I hope. It's getting weird. It's really weird. The COVID, all that, and then the, the you know, and then pack your shit because you may have to leave at a moment's notice or burn to death. What? I'm in the middle of a city. Um. So, yeah, that's what's going on in Casa de Marqui. But that's not why you're here. Is it? I hope not. All right. Like I said, October 1st, 1998 at the Lakeshore Arena, University of New Orleans, Lakeshore Arena. October 1st, 1998, which I said again. The band is Jimmy on guitar, Robert on vocals, Charlie Jones on bass, Michael Lee on drums, just as it had been through all of Page Plant and through the Fate of Nations tour. Uh, Robert had Charlie and Michael as his part of his band, and Charlie is actually, or was, his son-in-law for a while. And on keyboards, we have Philip Andrews. And, uh... Yippee. Okay, the set list for this show, which you will be able to download at heartofmarkness.com, is they open with the Wanton Song, they go into Bring It On Home a little bit, and then they go into Heartbreaker, Ramble On, and then they do Walking Into Clarksdale, and then you get No Quarter, which is red, and not the not the... 1994 in the woods in my white little suit acoustic guitar no quarter which is very cool from page plant the good old-fashioned led zeppelin no quarter then they do uh, off of clarksdale when the world was young then they go acoustic with going to california tangerine gallows pole my favorite clarksdale song my favorite page plant song my heart is in your hands heart in your hand such a good song love the song Babe, I'm going to leave you how many more times with a little bit of I Can't Quit You, Baby and a bow solo. Most High, good song. Whole Lot of Love, Celebration Day, Rock and Roll, and a little bit of an interview at the end because it's a radio show. And you know that interview is just going to be like, well, you know, Jimmy and I have uh, traveled the world and traveled the realms and the plains and various manifestations and incarnations. And, um, you know, we could be in a chip shop in Dortwich on Thursday and then be in the High Atlas Mountains on Friday noon. 
like, yes, Mr. Plant, we asked you, how did you enjoy your steak? Um, you know, love those guys. Okay, well, I am... This is an odd one because I, I had downloaded this show before I left for work. And then I got home and I said, yay, let's get started. And then I realized I had downloaded disc one of a two-disc set. And many of the songs I wanted to play are on disc two. So this is going to be a two-parter. You won't know the difference. But uh, I'm going to do a little bit. And then when my uh, show is finished downloading. And it's off of Guitars 101. Which means it's off of like Rapid Gator. So it's like you can get it quickly for $3 million. Or you can get it punitively slow. And I chose punitively slow. So I have 40 minutes left on a 398 megabyte download. So this is going to be a two-parter unless I drag it out, which I might. But no, not for you, dear friends. Not for you, dear friends. What I am going to do is I'm going to play some songs. What we're going to play is we're going to play the opener, the Wanton Song, because it's a great song. And uh, let's get started with that. The Wanton Song, Jimmy and Robert, Page and Plant, New Orleans, October 1st, 1998. Heart of Markness. We're on the shores of Lake Pontchartrain in New Orleans, and amazingly, Hurricane George has moved on, and Robert Plant and Jimmy Page have moved in. I'm JJ Jackson, and in just a few moments, you'll never forget we'll begin. On their last tour, they were traveling with a classical string section and a band of Egyptians. Well, it's back to basics tonight. Ah, uh, grab a seat, because the lights are down at the Lakeshore Arena. Welcome, Page and Plant, the Walking Into Everywhere Tour, live Easy Ass.
Yeah, I know. I went right into Bring It On Home and Heartbreaker because Jimmy went into just went right into it, and ra- you know, rather than disrupt that flow by having me come in and go, wasn't that great? I like the Wanton song. It's a good song. You know what else is a good song? Bring it on home. So rather than just interrupt because there's no reason to, I let it flow. And you know you know how Zeppelin does. Three songs. Bam, bam, bam. Punch you in the face. What it basically does is... um, <laughs> It's very, very smart on their part to do it that way. Because what it does is it doesn't allow the the initial excitement of like, holy shit, there they are. It doesn't allow that to diminish at all. It just keeps it going and keeps it going and keeps it going and keeps it going. So you can't even take a breath until, you know, you've got 15 minutes of solid music and you're just in awe. It's It's a brilliant strategy. And then after the third song, you can get good evening, you know and start the night it, it is it is wonderful showmanship it shows a great appreciation and respect why are my levels so low <laughs> sorry am i gonna have to turn this up more that's so weird all right i'm gonna turn this up a little more i guess la oh that's too high la there we go maybe i'm just not talking that loudly that could be well, I apologize if that blasted anybody's eardrums. It shouldn't have. <sighs> but yes, the the, the three song, uh, the three song kablooey. It's uh, well, I want to make a sexual analogy, and since well, let's let's go from the wanton song and then into the sexual analogy, because the wanton song is pure sex. You know, uh, same old fire, brand new flame, and the wheel rolls on. You know, they they, they could. If this song was done in the 2000s, it would have been called Bitches Ain't Shit. Um, That's what it is. Feed My Flame. Find that one. The Scarlet Woman that Jimmy finally found. Good for him. Um, But the the sexual analogy I want to give is, is, uh, you know, continuing the stimulus after orgasm. That feeling that you get when it's like, okay, 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 okay. Thank you. Our business is concluded. But when it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, whether you're receiving it, which for a guy is like, yeah, or with a woman, you just steamroller it through until she's losing her mind. That's what Zeppelin does, because I know Jimmy very much um, feels that and addresses the energy of the crowd as being feminine. You know, Robert has the ocean, and that's cool. And I mean, Robert is is the is the fulcrum point of all this, but um, the pacing and the flow is Jimmy, and that three songs before you even say hi is Jimmy, and you know, like you heard me, you know, I play, I've played eight million whole lot of loves on this on this podcast, and. Almost every time I point out the joy and euphoria the audience has when after the 50,000 rock and roll medleys, they jump back into, you know, Robert goes way down inside. Just like that. Just exactly like that. No better. And uh, 
the crowd, you can hear the crowd scream because they're like, holy shit, they're still playing a whole lot of love. I forgot. Jimmy's a master at that, manipulating the energy. And it's, it's a showman thing. And it is brilliant. And it's one of the reasons, one of the reasons that Zeppelin is so awesome. He's doing it here. And I mean, it's a little, it's a little more tepid because he doesn't have Bonzo or Jonesy. Michael Lee, I like Michael Lee as a drummer. I think he's a good drummer for Page Plant, for sure, because he's very high energy, he's very go, 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 and he's very boom, boom, boom. And he keeps time well. But, I mean, he's not sophisticated. I mean, there's no, there's no one that could replace John Bonham. If you found someone that was remarkably, and I mean remarkably talented, like you get like a Steve Gadd-level uh, drummer, you're not going to have any of the connection and and uh symbiosis that you got with Bonzo. That was a that was a one in that was lightning in a bottle. And again, Jimmy Page put it all together, recognized it, cultivated it, and uh God bless him. Holy shit. Alrighty. Well, we're twenty five minutes in. I'm starting to babble. So now that I've got my weird esoteric talk about sex and uh, music and why Zeppelin does the three-song kapow, let's move along. All right, let's see. We are <laughs> still half an hour away from the disc two of this show. Well, you know what we're going to do? We are going to play When the World Was Young. Is that what it was? Is that what it's called? <laughs> Excuse me came out of nowhere the air is still kind of spicy it went from smelling like a campfire to smelling like a trash fire as the smoke went from being like hey here's the forest burning down to hey here's your neighbor's house and your neighbor <sighs> that's grim whatever uh what's it called where is it where is it when oh when the world was young when the world was young i did not like clarksdale um at all I think Most High is a great single. It's a great single, but Jimmy Page had no... I mean, the only thing Jimmy Page did was go brown. The rest of it is Robert and the keyboard player. And it's a really good song. High energy, but that album, I know they did it. It was one of those things where they did it in like 21 days or some like, let's do it like the old days, just go in and rip through it. But... um the songs are not bad for the most part, but Jimmy's playing is very, very sparse. It's not, it's not poor playing at all. It's not like, oh, he was fucked up and couldn't play. I think it was just that he didn't have a lot to contribute to some of the tracks. And it shows, and they didn't take the time to craft it or maybe write other songs. Maybe they didn't have any other songs in the tank. I mean, shit, they're both in their 50s at this point. Um... Not that they can't play, but as someone in their 50s, when I was in my 20s, I used to write songs and it would just flow out of me like water. And now, yeah, I got nothing. Maybe that's it. Uh, Steve Albini was the producer. I don't think that was a good choice. You know, it was one of those things of like, let's go for a modern sound. Let's go for something else. Steve Albini produced Nirvana. You like Nirvana, don't you, Jimmy? Um, but Steve Albini isn't one you think of when you're like, you know who's the best producer in the world? And even he said the energy wasn't great 
between them all because Albini doesn't understand the Jimmy Robert dynamic and the Zeppelin stuff. Um, and Jimmy and Robert, I mean, how, how can you manage them? How can you produce them? How can you tell? Like, and I think, I think Steve Albini might've even said, um, don't quote me on this. I may be wrong, but I think he might've even said, you know, you don't, you don't just go, yeah, Jimmy, that was good. But, uh, you think you can give me another one? I don't know. I think there's a case of that. There were some songs that were good. Heart in Your Hand is brilliant. Um, Most High is the one that they obviously spent time on and were like, this is the single. Um, The rest just kind of almost sound, some of them, almost sound like demos. Like, yeah, there's, there's, there's some good bones there. But, you know, where, where, where's the Jimmy Page touch? Where's the meticulous layering of, of sounds and textures? It's, it's not there. It, it sounds like a bunch of guys playing in a room and playing well. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like walking into Clarksdale. Why isn't it a blues song? Why isn't there a blues solo? It's about the blues. It's about Clarksdale, Mississippi. It's... I don't know. It it feels like uh I don't know, every band went through it. You know that point in in a musician's career when, you know, between their 40s and their 60s when they're still dyeing their hair black like Bill Wyman. It's like the dude's 80 fucking year literally in his 80s. It's like really? You still have brown hair, Bill? Really? Or Tony Iommi or 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 those guys that are still like how can you still have jet black hair? when you're 74 fucking years old. You know, I think the best thing Jimmy did was go silver. I mean, he looked great. He looks great now. I mean, he looks like an old man because he's legitimately an old man. But he doesn't look like he's, you know... He doesn't look like David Coverdale with with the whiter-than-white teeth and the, the tan. I mean, David Coverdale looks good and he's healthy. I mean, it's not like it's fake. But dude, you're also in your 70s, bro. Or if you're not, you're not, you know, you're in your 60s, you're in your late 60s. I don't know. Now I'm just deviating. All right. Now I've wasted even more fucking time. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. Weird times. Weird times. All right. Let's go to this song which I even forgot what it's fucking called. When the World Was Young? When the World Was Young. I was not fond of it on the album, as I said, but Jimmy does some really quick finger work in this song. And I think, first of all, I don't have disc two yet, so i got to have some filler. But second of all, I think this song deserves a listen to because to show that there is some good bones to these tracks on Clarksdale. I mean, it, it, it's not a great album. But um, it's not a bad album, and the issues don't stem from lack of talent or lack of performance. I think it just stems from lack of chemistry between producer and artist. And going for a, hey, let's jump in the studio like we used to and just power through it and crank out an album. Because when you do that and you don't have the the tracks, 
You know, you get seven songs that sound essentially the same. <sighs> All right. When the World Was Young, <laughs> Page Plant, October 1st, 1998. Bum, bum. Here you go. Oh yeah, here I am I've been here since all time began Oh, oh, I'm here and then Go round and round and back again
question about it, they still have it. Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. More live music from the Lakeshore Arena in just a few minutes. Jesus Christ, J.J. Jackson, shut the fuck up. J.J. Jackson, you may remember him, since you're old like me, as one of the original VJs on MTV. Don't say back when they played music, everybody knows. <clears throat> but uh, his relationship with Zeppelin goes back to their first tour in Boston, because J.J. Jackson used to be a DJ on WBCN, which is the Boston station. I don't know if it's any good anymore, but uh, it was one of the one of the best FM stations in the country back in the age when the DJs ruled. And they would play an entire album side because they felt like it and they'd play whatever the fuck they wanted. And they had personality and they had autonomy. And uh, J.J. Jackson interviewed them, um, I think, for the, the Tea Party, Boston Tea Party show in January of 69. I have that interview somewhere. Um, and he also kept touch with them and interviewed them. Um, he interviewed Robert and Jonesy on August 12th, 1979, after the second Nebworth show. And he was instrumental in connecting a very, very guarded, reticent Robert Plant as he ventured out on his solo career and had to, first of all, deal with the pain of losing his best friend on the tales of losing his precious son on the tales of losing the greatest band that had ever walked the earth and then had to step from being the rock god of the 70s into having to kind of diminish that because it didn't have the same cachet in the 80s and go into the MTV where you're talking to VJs and dealing on a whole other level and J.J. Jackson, you know, was someone that he knew and that he could trust. And when Pictures at 11 came out, it's J.J. that he interviewed with and uh, Principal of Moments as well. So J.J. Jackson has definitely been part of the band and the history of the band for the entire history of the band and into, as you see, their solo careers. Um, unfortunately, he passed away, but uh, he's a good egg. It's not his fault he has to talk over this. That's the radio biz. I hate that shit where they're talking over the song. It's like, here on 97 KAF, you've got this harmony. It's going to rain. The time is 535, and I'm biggly, biggly, oh, and we've got underneath it. It's like, shut the fuck up and let me listen to the song. Anyway, that's the downside of having an FM recording. You get a professionally mixed show. Um,. Maybe a little sterile and compressed, but then you also have to deal with that, you know, welcome back to the Westward One Radio Network, and I'm your host, J.J. Jackson. It's like, someone's playing Heartbreaker underneath that. Shut the fuck up. Or Wanton Song, rather. All right. Going back to the song we just heard. Um, on the album, it's kind of boring. It's not the greatest song, and you could tell when they started playing it, there was no response from the audience. No one was like, holy fuck, I love this song. They were there, and they applauded at the end. But um, I played it because Jimmy's playing is flawless and meticulous and unbelievably professional. The sounds and the layers and the tones he gets out of his guitar 
as well as what he's playing. His solo is good. He's got little licks, but but basically it's it's the it's the panache. It's it's the tonal texturing that he gets. He is completely in command of his instrument in a way that maybe he wasn't in the 95 tour. In the 95 tour, he was very much still like I'm Jimmy Page. I'm getting drunk. I'm doing coke. I smoke cigarettes. I'm a rock star. Look at me in my silk shirt. Um, Playing fine, but I mean, there were times... I mean, Robert didn't punch Jimmy in the face at all on the 98 tour. The same can't be said for the 95 tour. Um, He got his chops back. I mean, it's professional. He pulled his shit together even more. And... um. His playing is is nothing short of masterful. And in my mind, it redeems that song and makes it worthy of hearing, even though it's not a song that's like, dude, you played this instead of fill in the blank. Yeah, I did. I wanted you to hear it. All right. Disc two is almost ready. So I'm going to, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go have something to eat because it is 8, 10 p.m. And the last thing I ate was at noon. That explains why I'm hungry. We're learning. So I'm going to go grab a sandwich or something from downstairs and resist the urge to get a pizza because it's easy. Um, And in a few minutes, how long we got till this song? Oh, 10 minutes. The disc will be done in 10 minutes. I'll be back to do something and we'll wrap this up with a great song. All right, friends. Well, you won't you won't be able to tell. It'll be instantaneous for you. Okay, well, let's pretend I'm not doing any of that. La, 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 la. Hello, friends. I'm back. What a seamless transition. Got a bowl of chips, chilapeno chips, and some mixed nuts, because I don't want to make anything. And I don't want to get a pizza, because I'm lazy. Because who the fuck needs 4,000 calories at 8.35 at night? Not this fat 52-year-old. All right. <clears throat> the disc is finished downloading, and since we're 46 minutes in already, I'm not going to play Heart in Your Hand. You can listen to it when you download it if you'd like. I've played it from the Bazaar Festival. If you want to go back to the Bazaar Festival episode, uh, which took place two months prior to this, you can hear it live, and it sounds essentially the same. Beautiful song, but... Um, What I'm going to play now is 17 minutes long, and I don't want to throw more into it because we're already going to be over an hour. So let's jump into it and get to a nice Led Zeppelin portion of how many more times with a little bit of I Can't Quit You, Baby, and a nice bow solo. And basically what we're going to hear is a Jimmy Page clinic on on being Jimmy Page. And you're going to hear a man at the top of his fucking game again. And uh, so, of course, Robert pulls the rug out. Because that's how it be. Well, no, Robert wanted to do his own thing because that's what he revels in. You know, he's uh, 1998. He is 18 years into being Robert Plant, the solo artist, as opposed to 12 years being the singer for Led Zeppelin. And... As I pointed out, as the tour progressed, more and more songs were added in, becomes more and more uh, a mini Zeppelin show and less and less a look at what we're doing now. And one thing you can say about Robert Plant is he's always about look at what I'm doing now. 
whether you like it or not. The man follows his muse, and I respect that, even if I don't care for it. Hokey dokey. How many more times? Alright, friends, enjoy. It's a long one. That's what she said. Uh, but it's really good. And just pay attention to Jimmy. If you already don't, pay attention to Jimmy. I'll be back shortly. Plant and Page live in concert from New Orleans. Hey, people! Oh, yeah. Let's have a big hand for the biggest, hardest working rhythm section in music today. Would you welcome and give a big New Orleans welcome on drums, Mr. Michael Lee? I'm based in Thomas of Charlie Jones. Long ago, on Bourbon Street in the old Amsan house, we used to get down with a little bit of psychedelic jazz. You are- 
It seems the audience liked that song and that performance, even though it's from a, so from a song recorded 32 years prior to that performance. Really, really good. Um, I mean, Bonzo and Jonesy are missing, and that's, that's obvious. But man, Jimmy, really good. Really good. Really good. You know, I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking of finally dipping into the uh, Black Crows. Jimmy Page hoo-ha confabulation. Um, I don't believe I've had any here, but who the fuck knows? I didn't think I did Australia, and I had. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to move on into that next week, probably. But who knows? If, 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 the, if the muse is upon me, I may go in another direction. But for now, I think you might be able to plan for a nice Zocros show. Um, I did not like Jimmy and the Black Crows for the following reasons. One, Chris Robinson's fucking voice always sounded flat to me. And it drove me crazy. And number two, when you're going with that army of guitars that they had and having three guitars playing... Um, somebody on uh, Royal Arlene's website put it perfectly that you have to go when you have that many guitars playing. You have to be way more tight than loose and way more framework than tangent. So it is more of a let's play the studio version performance, which is fine. In fact, most bands, that's what they do. They play it like they played on the album, maybe extend a solo here and there. But um, Jimmy's playing is unbelievable. So I am downloading right now the June 30th Holmdel show, which is uh, widely reputed to be Jimmy's best playing. In fact, somebody posted that they saw him and they said that was Jimmy's best playing I've ever, ever heard. So it's also supposed to be Chris Robinson's worst night. So... You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the Jimmy Page and the Black Rose. So that's how that's going to be. All right. <clears throat> if you like what I do and you like the podcast and you like hearing what I do, you are welcome to support it on Patreon, Patreon, patreon.com slash heart of Markness, and you will help. Keep the lights on here at Casa de Markness. And uh, you get an extra podcast all for yourself to clutch to your breast like Gollum clutching the run, the one ring, the run ring. But uh, and I will read your name every week, just like I'm about to do now. So here are the people, the titans upon whose shoulders rests the heart of Markness. A laurel and hearty handshake. Two. Michael, Rob, Wayne, Brad, Danielle, Tracy, David, Peter, Mark, other David, Bill, Mimo, and Avi, he of the Raven Avatar. Special shout out to our under 18 listener Evan. Hope you're still listening, my brother. 
Oh, I owe you something. What do I owe you? I should get back to you. I'm sorry. I think I ignored an email of yours. Not ignored, but put it on the back burner until it just slid off. I apologize. <clears throat> so, thank you to them. You can follow me and find me on Twitter at Heart of Markness. There's a Facebook group, the Heart of Markness Facebook group, with lots and lots of people. I think we've got almost 100 people now, and they're all nice. So you're welcome to join that. I am also, oh yeah, heartofmarkness.com is where I put the podcast, which you don't need me to do because you're already listening to it, right? But I also put links where applicable to the shows that I cover. So you can download this entire show if you would like at heartofmarkness.com once I upload it. So if you get if you go to Heart of Markness and you don't see it, give it a day or two and it'll be there. Sometimes I don't get it all up in one night, you know. I'm in my 50s. But I'm bumped. What else? Ah, yes, YouTube. If you're at work or you're just a boomer and you don't understand how these goddamn podcasts work, uh, then you, there's no way that you're hearing this. But if you are, you can find me on YouTube. Or if you're at work and, you know, you don't want to play through your phone, uh, Heart of Markness is on YouTube. I've got, I think, episodes 50 through 73 up at the moment and I'm slowly backfilling it. I didn't want to just all do one enormous dump because um, I imagine it's better for my relevance if I do, a, you know, five or six a week, day by day by day. YouTube probably looks at it and go, this guy has a really active channel. Let's promote him. So, yeah, there's that. And uh, what else? Yeah, I think that's it. All right, friends. It is nine o'clock. It's nine o'clock on a Thursday. The smoke in the air is getting thin. Oh, they're, they promised me rain, so I will not complain till I wake up in heaven again. What a talent. What a voice. What an ego. What a joke. All right, friends. Thank you so much. And uh, I will be back this weekend, probably on Sunday. Although, who knows? Or Saturday with the latest Mike Millard release from Gems. Last week, it was Rod Stewart from 1977. Great show. And uh, this week, I don't know what it'll be. Or maybe it'll be something else. Who knows? But you will next hear from me this weekend. Thank you. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.